and I feel sick to my stomach when I get those messages because I'm like, I I don't even really know how to respond to that with enough context that it's helpful. Welcome to today's podcast episode and thank you so much for pressing play and for being here. This is part two of answering anonymously submitted questions or perhaps to be more accurate, it's anonymously submitted assumptions and judgments. And I really do my best just to speak to these judgments and assumptions openly and honestly and truthfully. And I wanted to just flag with you straight up that in this episode, I do speak to assumptions surrounding eating disorders. I talk a little bit about my own. I don't go into too much detail, but I just wanted to flag it in case it's a triggering topic for you. I do also make mention of depression in the past. Again, it's definitely not a deep dive onto either of those topics really, but I just wanted to flag it in case those topics are difficult for you. And if they are, please do practice self-care and just avoid this episode. Listen to another one that's not going to cause you to feel upset. This is simply me just answering, you know, those faceless accounts that are making sweeping judgments. And again, I can't stress enough. This was really just a very honest conversation in real time. If you like this style of episode, please let me know. Like you might be listening right now and you think, you know what? I listen to this podcast all the time. I listen to each episode that comes out and I never, ever jump on over and give any feedback. You are so welcome to jump on over, slide into my DMs. Let me know what you think. If you like this style of episode or if you prefer interviews or solo ones, that is really helpful for me. So. Let's get into part two of the anonymous questions. If you haven't listened to part one, definitely go and have a listen to it. I don't think that you have to listen to it in order because we are about to switch gears into completely different topics from the ones that we covered in the first portion of our conversation. All right. Again, thank you so much for being here. Let's get into it and we open up with my wonderful podcast manager asking me this question. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Would you bring out a fitness and or eating plan? Obviously, I've shared that I'm sharing workouts on my sunroom. Mm -hmm. And I imagine you would have got 
like questions, not maybe not even questions, comments being like, bitch, stop sharing your workouts. And I guess maybe it's ADHD, but when I decide to do something, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to just keep talking about it. So maybe I've gone too hard on sharing the workouts and yeah, maybe that ruffles a few feathers online. I don't know. But would I bring out an exercise or eating guide? The short answer is no. I love the idea of sharing my workouts because as someone who likes to work out from home, it can get really boring. And I like the idea of being able to share combinations because I genuinely get so excited writing my workouts. Like I love it. I sit down, whether I do it that morning or the night before, and I think about, oh, okay, these are the muscle groups I want to target. So these are the movements I'm pairing together. And it's fun for me. I don't have any plans to turn that into an app or a PDF or anything like that. I definitely will keep sharing over on Sunroom, but zero plans at all to create any sort of eating or fitness guide because I'm well aware I'm not qualified in that space. I'm not an expert. You know, I've, I had a message the other day say, are you qualified to share workouts? And it's like, well, no, I'm not a personal trainer and I never will pretend to be. And anytime I share a workout, I'm not so much on Sunroom now because I've put disclaimers up, but like on Instagram, when I've shared workout clips in the past, I'm like, don't do this if you're postpartum. Like, I don't ever want to do harm. But I feel okay sharing workouts because when I'm scrolling Instagram, if I see someone else working out, I'm not thinking, is this person qualified to show me this combination of a squat and a squat jump and whatever it might be. I'm just like, oh, that's a cool idea and I'll take it. And try. you know what I'm, does that, I don't know if that makes sense or whether I'm, I sound like a total idiot in terms of the qualified no, thing, but like, but I feel I, it's the same with food of people aren't nutritionists sharing, oh, this is what I eat today. This is my meal that I love post-workout. You think those aren't nutritionists or dietitians. Like what's the difference between sharing what works for you and what you like? It's different if you were like and pay $10 because I'll write you a personalized version of the same thing Yes, because I'm qualified to do so. That's not what you're offering. Yes, and – I do think that there is a lot of dangerous stuff on the internet in terms of people, you know, being like, don't take this medication or do take this. Or I saw a post the other day that was like, spinach is killing you because it's got all these toxins in it. Like, I think that there, there is a line where it's like, no, that's harmful and it's purposefully misinforming or doing damage to people. But as you said, I am not saying this is exactly what you need to do and this is exactly the perfect thing for you. I'm just saying, hey, if you want to work out for five minutes and you want to do this movement with me, you can follow along and do it with me if you want to. And I don't know, like there's been podcasts that I'll listen to and the person is not necessarily qualified in the field, but they'll share an anecdote about their own life and it stays with me. And so I guess I have enough awareness to be like, whilst I really do believe in like do no harm, which can be hard, um, I also think that it's an impossible standard to be like anyone who has anything to say has to also have a degree in that topic. Yeah, yeah. And how ridiculous to think that would shut down Instagram tomorrow, you know, like who would that leave on Instagram other than a few dietitians, a few psychologists, but you think that's it. 
and you're not getting, I know just from myself, I have autoimmune diseases. It's not always the experts that I get the most helpful information from. It's from the people who are living with the same conditions who have found what works for them and then I give that a try and it works for me or I give it a try and it doesn't. It's not a reflection that that person gave me bad advice. I knew they were sharing what worked for them. It wasn't about saying this is what will cure everyone, whereas an expert will come at it more of like, oh, well, this is proven to help and you think, well, I've tried that and it doesn't. It doesn't for me. But, yeah, I think the information that we share amongst ourselves is so valuable that this need for there to always be qualifications is just so ridiculous. Important at times, don't get me wrong. Of course. And you and I, we've had conversations about how important it is and how eye-rolly you and I can get when someone is like, oh, I'd love to come on the podcast and talk about this topic because I've done a six-week course and I'm now a coach. And it's like, no, that doesn't. That doesn't necessarily mean that you should be speaking to that topic, but then you might do a deep dive on their content and be like, oh my gosh, they've got so much incredible stuff to say. So I think that a lot of the responsibility as well, and I think this is an interesting conversation or an interesting thought experiment is like, as a consumer and a user of social media, what is your responsibility with the information that you're taking on board? Because, you know, like... People will look to influencers, I think, and be like, oh, my gosh, that's gospel, that's gospel, and not actually have more of a thought about nuances or understanding that that person sharing is sharing from where they are in their life right now. And I've had this experience where it's like, I'll share this. Like, this is exactly what's helping. A perfect example is I've had people message me and say, when you were married, you shared things that were helping you in your relationship. Do you no longer stand by that? And it's like, no, no, those things were helping me. Like they were helping me in that moment. And I was speaking from a place of being as true and as authentic as I could be in that moment for whatever reason. And maybe it's because I wasn't being fully honest with myself in some ways. Or, you know, maybe it's because I was trying to save something that couldn't be saved, like whatever it is. Every single person that's saying something online or even in real life then has the potential to change their mind or parts of their life might shift and that's no longer their truth. But that doesn't mean that it was said with a malicious intent to deceive someone. And so I think that people have to be responsible for what they're consuming and going, well, hang on, hang on a second. This 23-year-old that is telling me this is the best meal to eat for whatever it is, is that 23-year-old then going to grow up and change her mind about that? Maybe. Like, so maybe I don't need to put as much weight in what that person's telling me and, you know, use my own kind of discernment and filter. Absolutely. And because the people that you need expert advice from in life should be people that you're probably seeing in real life anyway. If you're someone that has specific body goals or body needs when it comes to food, you should be under the care of a nutritionist, a dietitian, your general physician, whoever. You shouldn't be looking to get that sort of advice from somebody on Instagram who looks a certain way or talks a certain way, lives in a certain sort of house. Like that shouldn't be who you get your advice from anyway. But that doesn't make the advice less helpful if you know how to view it. And like you yeah. said, like it's on people to stop thinking 
I don't know how to even word it. No, I know exactly what you're saying. It's like, it's not binary. It's not this or that. It's like, use your own discernment. And there's a huge difference between going like, oh, cool. I think I might like to try a reverse lunge into a hemicurl combination for five minutes versus, oh my gosh, I need to eradicate this toxin from my whole house like there's different levels yeah I think that's what we're both trying to say but I also sorry the quote people share of if someone's saying on online that they like oranges and then today's society is like how dare you not even mention apples like how ridiculous of you you're obviously not about peaches yeah Yeah, and it's (laughs) like but you're allowed to just share that you like oranges and it doesn't have to yeah Yes, I feel it's like we've got so a little bit off topic, but, but yeah, just in that, yeah. But I will say, because you asked about the food and eating thing, I get messages all the time, right? And this is something I'm conflicted about, and I know that you know that I'm conflicted about this, and I'm also aware of like things that might present as double standards, I guess. But I will have people message me and be like, "Oh my gosh, you've lost so much weight. What is it that you're eating?" And I feel fucking sick to my stomach when I get those messages because I'm like, I I don't even really know how to respond to that with enough context that it's helpful. You know, like, I guess I've responded to things like that in the past and I've been like, you know what? <laughs> Actually, I remember once I responded being like, I'm just happier. Like I've lost a bit of weight because I'm just happier. And to me, that was like, I just, I can't spend this time explaining to you that when I gained weight, I was going through really difficult court proceedings. I was struggling to sleep. I was taking antidepressants and sleeping tablets. And I was actually obsessing over food more at that time in my life because I was in such a weird place. Um, I was incredibly depressed. Like I can't explain all of this in a way that's really helpful to you so like a top line response might be like you know to be honest I'm just I'm happier I'm doing better I'm sleeping I'm enjoying food I'm loving life all of those things and yeah there have been changes in my body and like I find it hard to respond to those things I also know that because in the past I've shared I have a history of having an eating disorder and you know, maybe I should never have shared that because I think it comes back to haunt me that me saying when I was 21, I am now turning 37 this year, but when I was 21, I was really unwell with an eating disorder. And so therefore, when people see changes in my body, strangers seem to go, oh, she's not eating. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that you had some questions that were kind of in that vein or comments, right? Yeah, concerning or concerned as well as just the hateful comments that pick a change, want to make a meaning to it and actually don't have any regard for your well-being, you know, and are actively trying to contribute to a state of distress in your mind. So, so many comments that are just completely invalid. But, yeah, it is people's go-to. I find it really hard to know how to respond in a way that's helpful. And I guess that's why I haven't really, like I haven't even thought to sit down and do an episode on it. Um, And it would be easy to say like, oh, let's not even speak to that because I don't know how to respond in a way that is 
like helpful. I guess I can only respond in a way that's truthful. So my thoughts yeah. that come up are firstly that, like maybe I regret sharing a little bit in some ways my history because then people have this automatic connection in their mind where they're like, oh, well, her body has changed. That means she's unwell. Then there is another part of me that thinks about recovery from an eating disorder and wonders if full recovery is even possible and what that would look like given that we live in this world that is so steeped in diet culture. I don't know any women in my real life who have absolutely zero issues with food, with control, with body image. Um, I just don't know those women. I know men. I know men that see food purely as fuel or enjoyment and don't have hangups about it. But I don't know, like, do you know any women that have zero issues with it? I know no women who fit into that category. Yes, <laughs> no and, and that's why I find it hard to separate being like, what is full recovery or what is recovery for me? And when I think about it really, and I'm kind of thinking about this in real time as well, I think for me recovery looks like this in terms of when I wake up of a morning, I don't think about my body or food at all. When I was really unwell or even in recovery, and even a few years ago when I'd gained weight, my thoughts were consumed, consumed with how bloated I was, how heavy I was, what food I would eat, what food I wouldn't eat, what calories were in those food groups. Like it was just all I thought about. Whereas now I understand that people might look at me and go, oh, she's lost some weight. She must be fixating on food. But the truth of the matter is I don't even think about food unless I'm hungry or unless I'm excited to make something or in the context of being organized and making sure I've got food. Like I get excited about certain things, but, you know, to be completely honest, when I was going through that really hard time, I definitely lent more on what I would say is disordered eating habits. And again, I say disordered eating rather than eating disorder because I think it's a very female thing to lean into that, unfortunately. But, you know, that's when I was like, right, every three hours I'm going to be eating and I'm following this meal plan that covers my macros and I'm, you know, eating cans of tuna every day and da, 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 da. And it's like the more I focused on it, the bigger it got. And it was like that rub, that kind of like rubber band thing, right? Like when it's like you pull the rubber band so tight because you're so focused on it and then it goes ping. And so then you lose control and you find yourself in that cycle of, I think, undereating, overeating, undereating, overeating. And so for me, I guess, I don't know if this is very linear, but I'm just trying to spew my thoughts out. How I am now, I have no body dysmorphia. I will sometimes see a video that I've done that I'm working at. I'll be like, fuck, I look way too thin in that video. Or um, my face looks a bit long because I've lost a bit of weight. I don't ever, I haven't weighed myself in years. I don't know what I would weigh. Like the last time I weighed myself would have to be before I met Brendan. Um, I don't think about how my body looks in terms of 
oh, I wish I could lose weight from here or gain weight there or I don't know, like I, I don't think about that. So there's no there's no body dysmorphia. Um, I know that I'm fine because my period is regular. I eat every day. When I'm hungry, I eat. Um, you train hard. If you If you weren't physically capable of that, uh, that, that's exactly. not fair to it's say not, that. No, no, but you it's, wouldn't it's, be physically capable of that if there if were I was all starving these other myself. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's so true. And even like, I don't think it's a body dysmorphia thing, but sometimes I will catch my reflection and be like, wow, my arms are really toned and I don't actually love that look. I would rather my arms to be a bit softer, but I enjoy working out. Like, so I don't. I don't really know how else to put people at ease or really feel compelled to put people at ease. I guess I understand the curiosity and something else I wonder about is (laughs) I will share like a workout clip and I'm wearing a sports bra and short shorts or black pants or whatever it is. And I do have those thoughts that are like, Oh, go upstairs and grab a long t-shirt and put that on so that people aren't commenting or aren't thinking things about your body. But then I think, well, no, I, this is how, this is how I look when I work out. This is me. This yeah. is what I look like. And I also have shared photos and I even have videos of me working out in bikinis when I'm, I would say maybe 10 to 15 kilos heavier. And I wonder if I was slightly heavier at the moment and maybe I will be like bodies fucking change. They, they change. You know, I think that a woman's body especially often reflects, um, like, I shouldn't say often, but for me, I'll just speak for me, my body often reflects what I'm going through mentally in a way. And so I've wondered if I was sharing these workouts and I was a bit heavier, would I be getting these concerned comments or would I be getting praised because it's like that's a real body those sorts yeah. of things, yeah. I, I find it a really hard, like a really hard, I guess, conversation to speak about in some ways. Yeah, because there's also the fact of, like you said, if you were on the other end of the spectrum and plus size, there wouldn't be the same criticism. And to be honest, I mean, the internet is hateful at times, so maybe there would be comments. There's bad comments either way and. I think perhaps what I'm trying to say is that there shouldn't be. We shouldn't be commenting on people's bodies. We shouldn't be praising weight loss. We shouldn't be praising weight gain. Like it should just it it should just be so much more neutral. And I think I think you've had a conversation somewhat recently where people perhaps think they have been really helpful with these questions. You know, they're coming through with some really pious concern without any actual understanding of your life and it's not a stranger's place on the internet to say hey Kylie just a heads up I'm worried about you that's for the people in your personal life if that's what they feel and if that's not what they're saying then maybe they're not concerned but a stranger on the internet it's just not necessary because there are people in your life who would would have that covered so 
I just think it's so inappropriate that anyone comments anyway, whether you're too skinny, too large, or right in the middle and just the most perfect you could ever be. I don't, I just don't think it's appropriate anyway. So I find it so unfair that you have to sit here and justify to people and, and think, and how do I answer them helpfully when my <laughs> authentic response is, please don't talk about my body. You know, like it's none of your business. <laughs> yes, and I'm so glad that you said the word authentic. So do not let me forget to circle back to authentic. But this is something I struggle with as well because I have tried to I, – I've learned about thin privilege and mm. the stigma against people in larger bodies. I interviewed an incredible fat activist. That's how she likes to be known, Sophia Joy, who is yeah. amazing and I – spoke with her and you know we had such an honest and I think insightful conversation and this is like I'm just going to speak so candidly like as if I was chatting with just one girlfriend and not thousands of listeners (laughs) when I share things I sometimes feel an incredible wave of guilt or uncertainty and I don't know which way is right in terms of I might share like this is my body three years ago and this is my body now and it feels a bit grimy because I know how damaging before and afters can be. And when I share photos of myself a few years ago, and yes, there is an obvious difference in my shape or tone or muscle visibility or weight, size, whatever, I also see the difference in my eyes, which sounds so stupid maybe, but I don't know how else to create on a physical medium where it's all about photos and videos and fast hooks and catchy songs. I don't know how to portray how dark and sad I was at that time because to me, and and this is what's hard, right, because I do not think that there is a shape of body that is inherently bad or sad. You know, and that's what I mean. Like I could share a photo of me much bigger now while I'm really happy and it's not the size of my body that matters. But I guess to me at that time in life, I felt like I was drowning and like I wanted to escape myself and peel my skin off. And that wasn't to do with how my body looked. That's how I felt inside. And I don't know Mm. how to show that online in a way that, I guess the reason I want to show that is like for other people out there who are having that experience right now to know you're not going to be miserable forever. You can change. And I don't mean change your body. I mean, change your life, change your mindset, change how you feel. And so I do have this like internal conversation with myself where I'm like, share it because it's a visual medium. It gets the point across. And then the other side of me is like, you're the worst. Like that's contributing to diet culture. So I think like every human who is listening, you have those contradictions in yourself and you don't always get it. Well, I don't always get it right. And yeah, it's a, it's an ongoing, like, Ooh, what do I do here type of thing? Yeah. And I'm sure people can relate to sometimes there are pictures that we all have of ourselves and we know that was the worst day of my life. And sometimes you took that picture because you wanted to actually document that feeling of, I hope this is as bad as it gets. And I hope at some point I can look back at this and know it got better from here and not. Like we all have those pictures. And I know 
from knowing you at that time, I'm, I know that's what these pictures represent more than the physical state. It's that this was the Kylie who was struggling so much that hated herself so much. Like there were all of these layers to it, that it's not the photo, it's the feelings that are around the photo that, yeah, like you said, you can't, you can't portray that because that's just words of like, oh, I felt really low and people would never understand that. Whereas for you, those pictures are like, man, I woke up that morning and I know I hated myself, you know, like, and I didn't even want to get dressed. I didn't even want to have to take the boys to school. Like I was struggling. So like I couldn't leave the house and I'm just, I'm not, that's just spitballing random thoughts. I'm not sharing specifics there. I wasn't. No, that's perfect. Everything you said is so accurate. And it's it's so accurate. Like it's a little bit uncomfortable. Like, yeah, that is actually exactly <laughs> how I felt. You've wrapped Sorry. the perfect words around it. But it's one of those things as well, I think, like I can remember taking some of those photos. Yes, I was sad, but I remember taking some of those photos because I was desperate. Oh, like here's something like cringy and it's only a couple of years ago and I think back to it and I'm like, what a fucking cringe fest. But at the time I was just trying to meet a need and that's why I'm really like I'm just going to be very vulnerable. I remember years ago during that time sharing when I was doing certain workouts from home and I'd prop the camera up and I'd take videos of myself doing it in flattering angles. That was me seeking pure validation because I had so much of my self-worth tied up in how I looked. And some of those photos were me trying to take a photo to be like, no, no, like I've still got it. I'm still fine. I'm still, you know, I'm still, uh, you know, categorically attractive enough because I had so much of my worth tied up in that. Versus now when I'm taking a workout video, I am literally thinking about the movement I'm doing, the force that I'm pushing through my feet, I don't care if my wrinkly stomach is showing. I don't care if my boobs are not looking very flattering. I literally do not care if it's an angle that shows the cellulite on my legs. And so I think that's an example of like, I'm doing the same thing, but with a very different internal driver. So I could be sharing a workout video where I'm doing it because I'm like, oh, please tell me I'm conventionally attractive and I fit the stereotype of being you know, a mum that bounces back or whatever it is. I'm just spitballing here versus sharing a workout video now and I'm genuinely not seeking that validation. Yeah. Yeah. There was another question that came through that takes us on a bit of a tangent and I hadn't shared this with you, um, but there was some, some, a couple of comments about that you had stopped sharing the day on the plate side of your life. But so what is the difference to you in sharing a workout? Because I think there are obviously some people who view those as the, the same thing as perpetuating diet culture, whereas obviously I, people are asking, what's the distinction for you of why you will share one and not the other? But yeah, I think it's, it's a good question and I understand that people can conflate the two or for some people they are part of the parcel, they're the same thing. Mm. I did day on the plate type content years ago. Like I can remember the boys were toddlers when I was doing day on the plate content for myself. So it was a while ago. They're, you know, in grade five now. Um, I guess the reason I decided to stop doing day on the plate content is because to me it felt very virtue signally, which is like I'm better than you because I eat in this way. 
And that wasn't what I was thinking when I was doing that content. But when I consume day on the plate content, to me, it it's very, um, I, it feels almost like, like moral, like this is good. Mm. And if you don't eat this way, then you're bad. And that doesn't sit well with me, I guess, because of my history and because of the things that I have learnt. And I also, I don't know, yeah, it's the virtue signaling side of things. I think it can be dangerous because we have to eat different things at different times in our cycle. Uh, mm. What someone, you know, like we for all example, have access to different foods. Like, yes. some people can't afford to go and buy top of the range hummus. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah, and I think it just lends itself to more of that, which, again, I think it's a very feminine thing to, like, tie our morality and our worth up into the food that we eat. And it's like I'm bad, I'm a piece of shit if I eat this way, and I'm incredible, I'm this empirical being made of light if I eat this way. And Mm. I don't feel the same way about workout content. I think if I was like, right, you need to wake up and make sure you hit 10,000 steps and then you need to do this exact workout and then like if it was more prescriptive, I guess, Mm. maybe it would feel more virtue signally. I hope that none of my workout clips ever make someone feel that they are bad for not working out. Um, I guess I can't control if they make someone feel that way. But, yeah, I I don't really know how else to explain it. I just feel like they are different. Yeah, yeah. and I think, again, it comes down to if there is a – you can share whatever you want to share. You're not – like people aren't owed every bit of content possible from you. And so if it makes sense in your head that there's a distinction between the two, then that's good that you're honouring that versus, oh, well, everyone says I should just do down the plate, but I freaking hate it. So mm. I think there doesn't have to be a logical, like clear-cut answer of like, oh, because X, Y, Z, it's just that's how you are, that's how you think, you're honouring what, what feels right for me for right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that might not make sense to some people in the same way that we all don't make sense to each other because we all have contradictions, contradictions. we all have random thoughts. Yeah, so I yeah, I just thought that was an interesting tangent from that because people have people want fitness content from you, people want food content from you, but then there are obviously those that are like, but wait, how does this fit into her saying she doesn't want to perpetuate diet culture? And I think you've just explained that of yeah, and maybe I have perspective. Yeah, I was saying, maybe I haven't explained it at all to a satisfactory <laughs> no. standard, but I just know that for me. Filming a day on the plate feels more virtue signally than sharing a workout does, and I can't explain it other than just saying that's how I feel. But yeah. you use the word authentic, and that's what I wanted to circle back is I think it's a very interesting conversation or, again, just a thought experiment for everyone listening. What does your authentic self even mean, right? Like, you know, there's so much conversation about be authentic and it's like particularly with online stuff like I'm sharing my authentic self while I set up my tripod you know I'm sharing my authentic self while I do all of these curated things 
And it's like, well, hang on, is that authentic if you're setting up your camera? But then if you go a step further, it's like, well, it is authentic because that's what that person wants to do. And then it's like, like, who gets to decide what authenticity is and where do we draw the line? And it's something I struggle with sometimes because I do want to share certain parts of my life, I guess. I do really love the podcast and I understand that social media is a really effective and sometimes efficient way to get people across to the podcast. I feel like it's kind of a necessary beast. And at the same time, it doesn't come very naturally to me to set myself up and film myself doing everyday things. Like Brendan and I have this joke, like sometimes he'll film me walking because he's like, it's good B-roll. And and uh, we joke because the moment he starts filming me, he's like, have you forgotten how to walk? Like I go <laughs> stiff and I swing <laughs> my hands. <laughs> yes, like I swing yeah. my arms like never before. And I'm like all of a sudden really aware of my posture and I'm like not breathing. And so it's not a natural thing for me at all. It's quite uncomfortable. And so it's like all of these things like with authenticity, what is authentic to share and in filming yourself. You know, I think we're all at a point now where if we watch someone do a morning routine video and they're like, oh, stretching and they get out of their bed and they walk on over and wash their face, it's like you've had to move your camera six times to get that angle. Like you've obviously been awake, like all of those things. Um, And one of my friends who's quite big on TikTok, she always says to me, stop thinking about it as creating content and just film yourself doing things. And it's like, but the moment I film myself doing things, again, I become hyper aware of like, how am I holding myself? Like those silly, like very human things. Um, I also have a bit of a fear about turning my, my personal world or centering myself to much in the center of my life because I think I I have done that in the past and so I have a bit of fear and maybe I need to do some work with these beliefs but it's like I don't actually want it to be the Kylie show like I don't want to be down at the beach and saying to Brendan oh film me and the kids doing this oh hang on wait film us again like I don't want that for me and I don't want that for my family yeah that's fair and I think with authenticity online you know, like much like saying to that lady who said to me, you know, what's changed? And I said, oh, I'm happier. She got so cross with me and sent so many angry messages. I remember that. I was going to yeah. say that before. That was the one who then got really angry, wasn't it? Yeah, like how how dare I give her such a dismissive response? This authenticity online is a really interesting thing to think about. And I've heard Flex Mommy address this exact topic and you know she was kind of musing on it and saying if someone sends her a dm that she feels offended by her authentic response is to be like get the fuck out of here like who do you think you are type of thing those weren't her exact words but that was the tone and so instead of doing that she replies like oh thanks so much girlfriend or whatever it is and it's like well hang on that's being inauthentic but it's authentic to her goal of creating a community And so it's, again, it's this, like, thread. It's, like, where do you draw the line on what is and what isn't authentic? Yeah, because even when we talked before about that and I said my authentic response to some of these questions is, like, it's none of your business. You shouldn't be – like, I also can completely understand that most of the people in your DMs, I think, 
are friendly and like they are genuinely coming to you for advice. Like it's not hostile. So I'm I'm on the different end of it here reading these anonymous ones. So I get that some people like it would be so hurtful for you to be dismissive and say, don't talk about my body. It's none of your business. Sort it out yourself. Find a PT. Like some people be like, whoa, what the fuck, Kylie? But also not knowing then how to go, well, I can't actually help you because all I know is my body. You know, like all I have ever done is work with my body, eat for my body, train for my body. Unless we are twins, which we aren't. <laughs> like I don't know how I could help you. You know, like all I can share yeah. is what has worked for me, but also not owing people that. that yes. It's, it's, yeah. it's really interesting and I know these are very like first world concerns or things to even muse on, but I've definitely gotten better recently in leaving people on scene. So if someone sends me a message and I feel a bit activated by it and my authentic response is like I want to type something back to them I'm just actually going like it's okay to leave you on scene and maybe the message will come through by not actually replying you know I had one even recently I shared a TikTok that was like this TikTok about this woman being like oh what a wonderful world my husband lives in because he has no idea that our two-year-old get you know that I cut our two-year-old's nails or I wipe her bottom like those sorts of things And someone sent me a message being like, oh, so much man bashing, you know, like, you know, the poor, basically it was kind of like a bit of a poor man type thing. It's not really their fault. It's our responsibility because we're allowing it. And like, I started to punch this thing out and being like, you know, I'm like internalized misogyny. I'm like, and then I was like, oh, hang on, wait, this person follows me. They've messaged me. I don't know this person. Am I going to allow this message to pull me out of something that's good for me, like whether that's washing dishes or actually working or having a conversation with the kid. Like I don't owe this person education on something. I was just sharing something that I feel like I'm sharing that part of it. I don't then have to get into some sort of long-winded conversation where I'm trying to appease someone that I don't know but also get my point across. Like I'm just like, oh, I'm not going to die on this hill. I will leave you on scene. I like that not forever having to prove to people and and just not owing people. Your piece is so much more important than owing people or trying to make people see your side, understand your perspective, like believe you've got the good intentions. Sometimes it is just like, oh, yeah, okay, think that, goodbye. Yes, and it's it's exactly that too with all of the diet culture stuff and the workouts and my body and those sorts of things. It's like I don't really know what to say. Like I can just tell you a little bit about my honest experience. Mm. But other than that, like I don't really know what else to say to you because I am a flawed human who's not always going to get it right. And sometimes I think because I am aware that I am a flawed human who doesn't always get it right, sometimes I struggle to actually share big opinions online or even big opinions Mm. in real life because I'm very much like, Oh well, I can see both sides to that story. So then I feel like yeah. I'm I'm not a very interesting person sometimes because I don't have those very divisive wrong yeah. right binary type opinions that are engaging or inflammatory. Like I think I'm pretty inoffensive mm. because I can see most sides. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. But anyway, are there more questions? I know we've spoken for so long. Yeah. There were questions about video content. 
And is there other sort of video content that you're ever planning on releasing? <laughs> I was like, video content? Like, what? Uh, so you Where had, could people subscribe to get extra content from you? And you, I'm not talking about Sunroom. You had so many questions about OnlyFans, right? Yes. And there are going to be people that are listening and be like, why would Kylie have so many questions about OnlyFans? And then there will be people listening who are like, well, I actually submitted those questions and have a really clear yes. idea on why. So I guess for those people who don't know, um, my sister's been very public in sharing that she has an OnlyFans account with her partner. I also understand that people are curious about my sister and I un- like I genuinely get why people are curious. I've had her on the podcast mm. before and I spoke about this like in depth on my sunroom. It's a long video and I am just so open and honest in it. Like if anyone's like yeah. wants the un- unvetted response to this question, definitely go to sunroom. We'll make sure we've got the link in the show notes there. But I understand why people are curious because my sister's been on the podcast. My sister can be very charismatic and engaging and people enjoyed hearing her rogue stories. Um, But it's also probably no surprise to anyone that I think, like I think a lot of people can relate to having to take space from people in their lives for whatever reasons. And I'm not going to go into it here, I don't know all of the ins and the outs of her life at the moment and I don't pretend to. I know why people are reaching out to me. I know the content that they have seen. Um, It's definitely a tricky one to speak to, but I guess I just want to give that bit of context here in the podcast because people will be like, why? Like what's this big cryptic question about OnlyFans? Um, But I I will just say like, when it comes to OnlyFans stuff, I'm sure that there are content creators out there that do an incredible job. I've had Honey Brooks on the podcast before and there are content creators that navigate that world really well. Um, mm. But I don't know that it would be easy to navigate well. Yeah. What, what was the question? Was the question whether I would do OnlyFans? Was that the question? Yeah, yes. The majority of the questions were about your sister, but yes, there were questions of, so will you also be doing an OnlyFans? Is that like your next, <laughs> next venture? Given that I have shared how awkward I go when I'm just being filmed walking, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone would want to watch a sex video uh, <sighs> or have adult content of me. I love my sex life I genuinely couldn't be happier and I also genuinely have no desire to share that with anyone or to monetize it or turn that into work like that's just not that's just not it for me and I am very pro like women doing what feels good for women the feminist in me is all for women getting to decide and I say like getting to decide as an individual, but there's so many layers to that because it's it would be ignorant to be like, oh, I've made this decision about myself with no outside influence. We're all swimming in this water of being influenced. Um, yeah. And I had a really great conversation actually with a guest called Selena where we spoke about ethical porn consumption and that episode 
um, is definitely worth a listen. I don't know when when that one will be out. But there are a lot of layers, I guess, to people going into the sex work industry at times, and it's definitely not on my bingo card. Fair enough. (laughs) We've answered the question. I don't know. It's so hard. It's, It's a hard one because there's half of me that's like, we're on a roll, I'm just going to speak so openly and honestly and then there's another part of me that's like what you say lives on the internet forever. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So for those that have asked about my sister, yes, I'm aware. No, we're not very close. Are we not close because of the OnlyFans stuff? No. Like I was was unaware that that was happening. I was as surprised as many of you were because I've received a lot of things. I... I often feel incredibly sad that I'm not super close with my sister in that way, but I also have to draw a line in the sand and have my own personal boundaries. And there are things that like you just can't stand by and support and and see, and I'm not talking about the OnlyFans stuff. So, Mm. yeah, I I understand the curiosity, but like also people have to understand I'm a human being and I can't always speak super freely mm, yeah and there's more on sunroom on that topic yes people, yeah, yeah yeah so um, as i say i can't, I, I can't speak freely yeah. but like literally on the platform where things can't be screenshot and screen recorded and you have to give your details and subscribe and all of that stuff yes you definitely get yeah. a lot more i think um one of the recent videos i uploaded on sunroom was like 17 minutes of me chatting about quite personal things so if you are interested in that more personal kind of blog, vlog style, as well as the workouts and bits and bobs, you can definitely jump on over and check that out. Yeah. Thank you so much. So that much. was it for the questions. They were all kind of covered within those ones. Thank you for recording this episode with me. I know that you were not excited to do it (laughs) with me, but I appreciate it. And I think you added so much value to this episode. I think these episodes, it's going to have to be two. It's long. Um, It's a long one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I really appreciate you going out of your comfort zone and doing it with me. So thank you. Absolutely. And people keep sending through the anonymous questions because we'll – We'll do another one of these at some point, but please come up with something new. God. Yes, and let us know if you liked this style of episode. I, yeah, I would love to hear from you. So you can slide into my DMs or jump on over and leave a comment on Instagram. But otherwise, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it and I will talk with you soon. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Before you run off, I just wanted to mention that over on Sunroom, you're going to find exclusive content that will be seen nowhere but Sunroom. And the reason for this is Sunroom is a safe platform. Things can't be screenshotted. They can't be shared or taken out of context, really. 
Sunroom is the inner circle and I am over there sharing workouts, reflections, honest, truly raw thoughts and feelings, instant reactions to certain things that are going on in my life and so much more. Over there, you can also organize your own custom experience. If you've ever wanted to book a mentoring session with yours truly to perhaps take your idea for your own podcast and start creating, maybe you have a podcast already, but you really want to learn some of the tricks of the trade when it comes to monetizing, streamlining, pitching to guests, or just creating a stronger podcast in general. I'm the first person to say I am not a business strategist, but I certainly am someone who loves the podcasting space. And with over 400 episodes under my belt, I will happily help you to learn from the mistakes I've made in the past and to cut out some of those tricky lessons and to just benefit from that experience. I love talking about podcasting and personal branding. So if you want to book a session with me, you can do that through Sunroom as well. You can also receive personalized voice notes and advice and so much more over there. Link is in the show notes. So come on over, join the inner circle and the circle is small. So the messages are getting answered quickly and I am available to you over through the Sunroom app. Link is in the bio. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.